Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So my next interview is with the cast and crew of the new documentary film Ghost Fleet, uh, directed and written by Shannon Service and Jeffrey Walden. We had quite a crew uh, to, to speak with uh, today in this interview at, in, at the Toronto International Film Festival. We had producer John with us. We had Patima as well, who is kind of, I guess you could say, the star of the film. She is the, the activist. She's one of the people, one of the stories that that Jeffrey and Shannon follow. And this is a film that uh, you're probably, uh, well, first of all, you're going to enjoy the film uh, from a doc perspective. It's going gonna, it's gonna to peel back some layers for you that you probably haven't heard of before. Or haven't seen before. This is about uh, the illegal fishing industry in, in, in a part of the world that probably a lot of us haven't had the fortune to travel to. Thailand, for instance, is the fourth largest seafood market in the world. I had no idea. And, you know, your shrimp ring probably came from, from there that you're going to be enjoying later tonight at uh, a cocktail party that you're attending. This is about environment, the environment. This is about conservation. It's about the illegal slave trade. It's about forced labor. It's about fair wages and child uh, labor law. It's about supply chain transparency and, and legislation. We talk about uh, consumption and waste, and, and we, we, we capture quite a few uh, different sort of um, hmm, stories, sentiments uh, around not only the film, but also the passion and the commitment that goes into to to being an advocate, as Patima is, for, for these men, for these people who, who are being exploited in, in, in incredibly um, di- difficult conditions and in severe ways. So uh, stay tuned, listen in, uh, I trust you're going to enjoy uh, the interview, you're going to you need to see the film. It's called Ghost Fleet. And don't forget, uh, davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my speaking. A whole lot more interviews uh, coming your way. Is that is that actually, is that good English? I'm not even sure. Is that, you know, a whole lot more interviews. There's, there's a lot to choose from on face-to-facelive.ca. If you want to get behind it, you can support what I'm doing through patreon.com. And if you can't do that financially, and I totally get that, please leave... Uh, a, a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it, and I know uh, the rest of the world might too. So stay tuned. Coming right up, the cast and the crew from the new documentary film, Ghost Fleet. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, 
And this is Face to Face. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by, wow, I almost uh, wasn't able to count how many guests we have here today. Five guests from all over the world here at the Toronto International Film Festival, right at the Intercontinental Hotel. You might even hear a little ambient noise in the background, some selfies being taken in the distance. Uh, I'd just like to say welcome to the crew uh, and cast of Ghost Fleet. I uh, just left the uh, press and industry screening, and, and I'd like to say right out of the gate, congratulations. Welcome to Toronto. And thank you for your time today. Maybe we could start with some introductions. Uh, sure. I'm John Bowermaster. I'm the producer of the film. I'm Shannon Service. I produced and directed the film. I'm Jeff Waldron, uh, co-director and uh, a DP on the film as well. Hello. I'm Patima Tangpasayakun from Rebaroi Promotion Network Foundation, LPN. I think, I think the translator should be introduced as well, so... Uh, I'm Brendan Carroll, and I'm providing translation. So, um, question, and, and I think we're just going to go, and maybe as we as we get a little further in, I'll have some specific questions for you. But where where do you begin with the story? I mean, this is a story that's been ongoing. I, I heard in the film that there was uh, work being done with children, child labor, and sweatshops, and there was a, a shift as filmmakers. How do you get pulled into this story? Is it something you've always cared about? A lot of questions going on here, but I just thought maybe providing a tiny bit of context without giving too much away might not be a bad idea. And the film, by the way, is Ghost Fleet. Yeah, go, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, um, filmmaker. Absolutely. Um, this subject was um, brought to me in the form of actually Shannon, uh, Shannon's NPR story. Um, we kind of came together as a team six years ago now um, through uh, a co-producer, Greg Quidar, introduced me to Shannon, who had uh, been living in Southeast Asia with uh, her um, uh, reporting partner, Becky Palmstrom. Palmstrom. And um, they had been researching this topic, and uh, Greg introduced us, and I saw a lot of potential for um, getting this story out in a very cinematic, visual way as, as a means to try to reach a bigger, broader audience. There's, you know, a lot of hard news to swallow out there in the world, and um, by being able to find and put a face on it um, and make a film that is very much um, a movie as well as uh, a vehicle for talking about the issue, um, we thought we could reach people in a, in a more emotional what, what, way. And what, and what is the issue? I mean, on the surface, boom, you know what the issue is. But it's illegal fishing. It's, it's slave labor. It's human rights. I mean, there's a lot going on, right? Yeah. Any, great, any great film, any great doc, there's, there's layers. There's a lot what, of layers. What, was it the illegal fishing trade or was it slavery that drew you all into this conversation or was it a little more specific? It, for me, it was the horrors of um, the, the labor abuse. Right. Um, but as as Shannon had already sort of looked into the layers, I was starting to find there was a, a nexus of a lot of issues, including right. environmental and overfishing, um, oceans issues, um, obviously the labor, the supply chain, all these sort of things started to become um, a part of the greater story and sort of they all sort of explain each other in sort of a connected chain of events. Um, that's been perpetuating in the region for 
for a lot longer than even I'd imagined. It's really, it's really interesting. I don't know how you can watch this film and not be taken by the environmental edge to it, and, and yet you don't make it a focus. There's one, one particular scene where the net is bursting, and I believe it's Dima who says, look, they've basically emptied the ocean. or <laughs> They've taken everything. They've taken everything, which is such a great line. Because totally. it's just, it's, it just captures this sense of, uh, I don't know, um, excess, I suppose. And, and we think that that's one thing that's going to separate this documentary from a lot of other documentaries out there that have been made either about human trafficking or ocean conservation is the fact that this combines the two. You know, the slavery has existed for a long time, but it's only been heightened because we have so badly overfished the sea, the, the, the one ocean on the planet. Thus, these boats have to go further and further to find fish. Uh, cost them more. One easy line item for them to cross out is labor. Uh, there are laws on the books, but not, not a lot of enforcement. Um, but I think you're going to see both silos, the people who care about ocean conservation, the people who care about human trafficking, coming to this film and, 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 and making that linkage. It's, uh, I believe it was the Prime Minister of Thailand who said it's a $9 billion industry. There's going to be a fair bit of um, uh, exploitation, it seems to me, when you're talking about such a huge... Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just... There's, there's so, talk, talk about layers. Um, I, where, where do you begin? I guess you begin with the personal, and that's kind of what you've done here. You've, you've got five or six faces, five or six families that you've focused on. Um, is that how we're going to get towards some kind of change? Is it through the personal narrative? Because, you know, you can talk. Uh, I interviewed Riti Pond recently, uh, and he talked about, you know, two million dead in Cambodia during the 70s. But it's the one face that made the difference for him. It's the one story that's meaningful. Not that the others aren't, but that the one brings it home, I guess. Does, does that make sense? Um, how, do, how do you begin? How did you get pulled into this, I guess, maybe is the question. Dima. We started working in 2004. My work started in 2004, and I was focusing on two issues, uh, child labor and uh, issue, working conditions and slavery in the commercial fishing industry. And for around 10 years, I focused on helping children that were working in shrimp peeling factories. As that situation began to improve, uh, I started to focus on issues in commercial fishing and the stories of commercial fishermen. เราตัดสินใจหลังจากที่ได้รับข้อมูล 
กลับมาจากอินโดนีเซียแล้วเรายังช่วยพวกเขาไม่ได้เราคิดว่าต้องไปดูที่ปลายทาง The commercial fishing industry started to go further and further away from Thailand. They started to go into Indonesia for fishing. And after I heard stories that came back with the men, and there were about 125 men that came in uh, and told their stories. And after I heard those stories, I decided I had to go to Indonesia and see for myself. หลังจากนั้นก็มีการเปลี่ยนแปลงคนได้รับการช่วยเหลือจาก Operation ของเราเราทำงานร่วมกับสื่อใหญ่อย่าง AP เราทำงานร่วมกับทีมชานอนซึ่งก่อนนั้นหน้านั้นยังไม่ได้ทำหนังแล้วก็พอหลังจากนั้นเนี่ยเราก็คิดว่า After that as the story continued to develop we started working with uh, partners uh, we worked with uh, AP And after that, we worked with uh, Shannon and her team. Patima, you ask a question. Uh, I think near the beginning of the film, and you you say to one of the men, one of the laborers, "Don't you want to go home?" Is is that really what this is all about for you? Is that is that the injustice? Sipi, we think that there are people who are hurt, and we go see. แล้วเราก็ได้ช่วยคำที่มีค่าที่สุดสำหรับพวกเขาคือกลับบ้านของลูกเรือประมงนี่คือเป้าหมายแรก Yeah that was my first goal uh, for 10 years I heard stories of men being thrown away and when I went for my after I went for myself and saw for myself that was the the first goal the first mission was to help these men get home There are so many stories. I, yeah, absolutely. ความยากของมันคือทำยังไงพวกเขาถึงจะได้กลับ The challenge is what to do to help each individual story be able to come home. Why? Why is it that that you got involved and and somebody else didn't? This is such this is such a big problem. And you made the decision to do something about it. คนมีวิธีคิดหลายอย่างบางคนรู้ทุกคนรู้เรื่องเนี้ยคนรู้เยอะมาก There are many ways to look at the situation. This is a situation that most people know something about, and many people know a lot about. แต่ไม่มีคนทำ But no one does anything. And and why is that? What what what's your take on it? As the, you know, the directors, the producer, the people that you've met. The I mean, you you stepped into quite a few different places as well, and quite a few different cultures. What what is it? Why why isn't anyone doing it though? Because it's the 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 fish on my plate. As as you kind of end the film with that montage sequence, you know, the complicity of it all. I don't I don't want to go there. It's a question I don't need to ask. It's a great question. Um, you know, I and I'd love to to hear Patima's answer too. But I know that there are some groups that are stepping in and doing stuff. Uh, I was really surprised when I started looking into this in 2011 with my reporting partner to find that uh, it wasn't the governments. It wasn't the Thai government. It wasn't the Cambodian government. It wasn't the Burmese government, or the, even the Indonesian at that time, who were taking responsibility for their citizens and saying, "Hey, oh my gosh, you're stranded. Let me get you home." Um, it was really hard to even get them a plane ticket. A lot of these men, they would 
be abducted. Sometimes they'd, be, they'd walk into a bar or a brothel. They'd be drugged. They'd wake up on board a boat. They'd jump ship in a foreign land. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're an illegal immigrant. Um, so if they were caught by authorities, they couldn't go to the authorities because either the authorities were being paid by other people to trade them again, or um, more often they would just be arrested on immigration charges. So there was this really kind of crazy blind spot happening. Sure, um, and even sure. though the governments knew about it, they weren't stepping in in any kind of an active way. Uh, Patima has worked with the International Organization on Migration. Um, there's been a couple of other UN agencies, but it was mainly really small, under-resourced NGOs. Um, right. like Tenegrita. As is often the case, exactly. right? Exactly, but this is a huge global issue connects right. to all the fish on the planet with enormous global industries and the people trying to um, deal with all of the fallout on the other side were the smallest, scrappiest, you know, most brave, but like least resourced organizations possible. Right. And right. Fatima was the, the chief. I, you know, one. I found it so fascinating too. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Nong or Pong, uh, you, you arrived to, to, to take him home. And he said, "Wow, it's all it's so sudden. You know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting you. Sort of. I've and I've got a and and I've and I the tension was palpable. The I mean, I've got a family here now. Why would I go home? And yet I want to go home. And that that struggle that it's, it's horrible to to. I mean, I've never even considered that really. I've got two families, you know, in two different. I mean, it's just it's kind of mind boggling." The struggle, and uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if any of you would want to talk a little bit more about that and, and how difficult that must be to, to work through. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would. I would imagine. And 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 it's four and four thousand four hundred and thirty-six people that you have rescued from the fishing industry. Is that right? Is that the the stat at the end of the film? So far, it's continuing. It's continuing to build. So Nong, the story of Nong, he was in Indonesia illegally. So he has to come back to Thailand to prepare his paperwork and also to prepare the paperwork of his child that he has with his Indonesian wife. In the movie, what was making it so hard was his uncertainty whether he would actually able to get back to Indonesia or not. So in the movie, we didn't include the, the end of his personal story. We didn't include that after he was able to come back to Thailand, he received compensation of about 200,000 baht and was able to prepare paperwork that allowed him to return to Indonesia and be with his family. And will he bring his family back to Thailand or will he stay in Indonesia now? He personally chose to stay in Indonesia with his family. Right, right. Yeah, well, that, make, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And then, if I can, I'd like to go back and answer the question of why hasn't anyone done anything? Mm. 
จริงๆมันไม่มีคนเริ่มต้นเราแค่เป็นคนเริ่ม The simple answer is that no one started. I'm the person that has the responsibility to start. แล้วหลังจากนั้นก็มีเพื่อนหลายคนที่อยากช่วยเริ่มรู้ความจริงเริ่มให้ความสนใจ After that, I have more and more friends that are interested, that want to learn more about the issue, and that will be able to help. ที่สำคัญมันคือชีวิตคนจริงๆเนาะที่เราได้ช่วยเขาแล้วก็หนังเรื่องนี้ก็กำลังจะบอกว่าชีวิตคนธรรมดาก็ช่วยคนได้ What's important to me is the individual lives of these men, and what's important to me about this movie is that it shows the life of a normal woman. One normal woman can help many, many people. Right. <laughs> that's that's a great. That should have been, the, I think, the logline for the film, right? <laughs> One normal woman can help many, many people. Yeah, I love it. What about the complicity factor? You know, the. I mean, we're all complicit. It's not just a Western problem. It's a, it's a global problem. We all like to eat fish. Uh, we all continue to consume way too much, way beyond our means. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could talk about, but uh, it's about there's never a simple solution. It's about consumption right? and about waste. Consumption and, and waste. waste. You see yeah, so much sure, of that fish that's sure. caught is just thrown back into the sea and never has a purpose. But you know, there's there also has to be a distinction made between illegal fishing mm. and forced labor at sea, which are two very different but related subjects. People understand a little better, uh, you know, that what illegal fishing is. You know, our our Partner in this film was Vulcan Productions, which is owned by Paul Allen, co-founder of Microsoft, and he has a great interest in illegal fishing. Has put a lot of money into trying to explain and stop illegal fishing around the world, including they built and launched a 40 million dollar satellite to track illegal fishing boats. Wow! Which is, you know, all of a sudden you've got technology in there that exists, but it has it has nothing to do with tracking. Forced labor or, or slavery on boats. Right, two right. Very, yeah, define illegal two, fishing. Two very different right? things. Yeah, so, yeah. There are, you know, technological solutions. Every airplane that goes up has a little black box on it, and it tells you who who's who's in, who's on the plane, who's the captain, where the plane is, is based, and who owns it, etc. I mean, so the technology because you could have that kind of thing on boats, and but you know that's that's we're, we're not we're far away from that. I think in terms of putting a, a black box on every fishing boat. Yeah, please. Yeah, go ahead, Jenna. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things I think about uh, the film, and, and part of it is what Don, John was just talking about, um, is it's it's about the movie, of course. First and foremost, it's about creating a film that people want to see, a film that's about this heroic woman uh, and who has helped rescue uh, thousands of men, her right-hand guy who was in, himself enslaved for 11 years, going back into the area where he was enslaved, finding other men, and kind of finding his redemption and healing through actually rescuing others. So, you know, the film itself is Extremely powerful, but uh, of course we've been working with Vulcan, uh, highly technological, highly skilled. You know they they, they work at the UN uh, level, the national level, the satellites in the sky. Um, but but really, it's a very interesting combination of this very high tech approach to illegal fishing, which is very important and effective. Um, and what kind of possibilities exist when we have a very low tech? 
uh, network, which Patam is sitting in the middle of, which are thousands of men who come back to her and say, well, I was on a boat and a man jumped ship here, or, you know, we actually used to transfer fish there, or there was a, a an island where uh, captains used to just offload their unruly um, men, and, and there's probably men there. And so it's this very interesting sort of very old-fashioned, uh, the network of knowledge of the men themselves combining hopefully potentially in a strong way with um, with the the satellites uh, along. It's like an organic sort of uh, uh, advocacy or activism like or resistance or something. Yeah, yeah, how to marry yeah, those how, and, and yeah, how to bring sure. in the consumers, you know, in a yep. way that makes sense into this whole picture. Well, I, so supply chain transparency legislation is actually something that's actually fairly significant and it's going on in Canada right now. There's a conversation. The UK is far way far ahead of us here in Canada, but there's a conversation going on. And largely, probably, largely around uh, child labor and so on. But there's so many implications for this, and this is this is one that we don't typically think about. And it's a big world, and and that's why these kinds of stories are so important, and why it's so important to, to tell that to say that one person, one woman can can make such a significant difference. When you guys go into, I think it's Havana, Indonesia, pretty creepy, frankly. That whole sequence, the ships, I mean, it just, it must have been quite something to be there. Did you guys at all feel uh, threatened, unsafe at different, you must have at different points, I would think, but but maybe maybe you had a, a handle on it uh, for, as, a, as a storyteller, but as a filmmaker as well. ความกล้าเนาะเอาชนะความกลัวเพราะทุกครั้งที่ไป <laughs> Uh, every time I go, and I've gone 13 or 14 times, I have to be brave. Every time I go, I have to understand that the possibility for death is there. But I think one life... For 2,000 people. But what I remember and a technique that I try to use is... It's not important that I speak Indonesian with Indonesian people. What's important is that I speak the language of helping others. And the effect of that is slowly we build a group or a community of people that not only understand the issue, more and better, but also provide protection for uh, myself and my group. I love, yeah, go uh, ahead, just, uh, jump just in. Just in terms of sort of shooting in Southeast Asia, the dangers, and um, so much of our bravery came from <laughs> what she's willing to do for this and sort of the weight of the issue. We had, uh, the first time we went out there, we spoke to many Cambodians and Burmese that had been through just the worst atrocities um, uh, of just forced labor. So the, you know, being able to go out on the ocean and sort of come face to face with 
even some of the boats and things like that for some of our B-roll was scary, but considering what, you know, the risk versus the leverage to be able to show people this stuff that's just not been photographed, right. um, it, it was totally worth it. And honestly, her bravery was ours. You yeah, know? almost it would be, um, I was going to say embarrassing, but that's not strong enough for you to, to not come alongside at that point, right? <laughs> Where you just say, hey, I'm a little frightened here. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Right? And it's, it's out of fear that, so, you know, so little of it has been captured and distributed. Well, I was going to, I wonder about that too, is, I mean, it's, it sounds like such an oversimplification to just reduce it to greed. And I kind of came out of the theater wondering if it's got to be more than just about $9 billion. There's, I don't know, or maybe not, maybe not. I saw I saw the, t the tilt of the head. There. And I mean, I don't know why not. That's how yeah, our, right. our, our larger economy runs. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but Let's that's... Let's blame the free market. Well, it's. I, I think that there's a, um, there are very, very long supply chains, very mm -hmm. obscure obfuscated uh, yeah, supply chains sure. between the people who are actually producing our food, impacted by how it's produced, uh, the ecosystems that are obliterated in the process. There's a very, very long um, chain between those of us who are picking something out at the market and what's on the other side. I don't know if that's deliberate or not deliberate, but it's certainly inherent in the system that we're all part of at the moment. And I think that um, that, that gives us responsibility. You know, there are shorter chains that we can pursue if we're able to, if we're able to afford it. Um, fish, just like any other produce, uh, is you can, in most places, have local uh, fish. Uh, it is seasonal. There's some seasons where a particular fish is more abundant than another season. Um, so I think that, you know, for too long, fish has gotten a pass. Uh, it just shows Interesting. Up, you know, it just shows up on our plates. It shows up in our pet food. Nobody asks where it comes from, how it was caught, where it was caught, when it was caught. And, you know... Yeah, the, product, the product of Thailand was not missed, certainly on me, at the end with the knife as the knife and this, the package sealed back. I mean, wonderful uh, montage, I guess, that's, at, at that's the end. That, that, Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a detail we wanted to include because that's about all they have to say. Right. About fish right. is where right. it originated and from. And if I hear what you're saying correctly, Shannon, it's be a little more intentional about the decisions we make and about the choices we make. And I think that is how we can as consumers. I hate even referring to myself as a consumer in truth. You know, it's just it's so sort of, you know, it's just meaningless kind of in a way. You know what I mean? But but there is there is power in the decisions and the choices we make. Absolutely. And um, the simple act of getting curious, <laughs> asking nice. questions, asking, you know, the grocery stores, you know, what they're doing to ensure that, um, you know, people aren't being exploited and where they're sourcing um, their seafood, your restaurants, all this stuff. The more people that start asking questions, um, the more that conversation becomes, you know, sort of gets to that next level, which would then help get it to that next level. But yeah, our hope is that people, uh, you know, recognize that scene from the grocery store as one that they're doing weekly and they can sort of backtrack the supply chain in their minds to the possibility that slaves are catching their fish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the other uh, implications as well, the environmental. Did this avocado come from Costa Rica or did it come from a greenhouse not so far away? Those, Absolutely. There's, there's an impact to that totally. decision. And the, even just the difference between land-grown sure, uh, sure. 
the ability for regulators to take a look and be like, oh, that actually is organic. We can track it. Right, right. The fact that some of these boats disappear into a vast ocean, never yes. to be seen again right. for all yeah. intents and purposes, sure. makes it so sure. hard to track. And that's why um, it's going to be a much more I think I think one of my journey. key takeaways is to figure out how to get access to this satellite. There sounds like there could be some pretty interesting things going on there. There might, yeah, there might be some power in that. I think it's. Uh, I want to end with with. Uh, we got to wrap it up here, unfortunately. And uh, but I want to end with. I think it was fifteen. You said uh, you were you were. It was the scene around the uh, the sort of if I can call it this uh, out of respect uh, uh, or respectfully call it a makeshift graveyard in the jungle. And you said that it sounded to me like your desire going forward was uh, to let's let's help those who are still breathing and i just thought again i mean that should be on the t-shirt you know for ghost fleet it seems to me and as human beings and as activists uh i just wondered if if there's a a challenge you could offer the the audience to to encourage them to take the next step most importantly, I want people to remember and to think that the value of a human life should never be less than the value of fish. Secondly, we all need to work together to create transparency in the supply chain. And there's no need for any other lives to be lost in this industry. Uh, so thank you, thank you all. And, and uh, we've been talking with uh, John, Shannon, Jeff, and Patima about uh, their uh, new film, Ghost Fleet, at the Toronto International Film Festival. Get out and see it. Any, uh, uh, where's, where's it going to be after this? More festivals, VOD, theatrical release? Do we know? Yes, talk to the man with the money. Uh, <laughs> festivals for a while, uh, but we're anticipating that we'll have some sort of distribution Great. arrangement soon. soon. So it could, it could arrive sooner than anyone expects at that moment, but... All up in the air at the moment. Excellent. Well, I wish you well with it, and, and thank you for your time today. And again, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.